well, I want to say with all of you, praise the Lord. Slava Hospodu. It's good to be alive and kicking and be in the house of the Lord. Well, that's what English uh, people would say. You know, like you would say in, in the United States, well, how are you? Fine, thank you. In England, they would, well, they, that's how they say it. They say, well, how are things going? Well, I'm alive and kicking. So kind of that. So, so it's, uh, that means you are full of energy, just like you guys are. So that's good. So uh, before I continue with, um, with chapter 9, and I will, I'm planning to finish it tonight, uh, I want to say a few things. Very important things. We have covered uh, some doctrines of predestination, election, for knowledge. And those are important things. But let me uh, tell you one thing. There has, there have lived millions of Christians who have died already. And there are millions of Christians who still live on, on this earth. And they are faithful and they love the Lord. And they never heard about the idea of predestination, foreknowledge, election. In fact, if you ask some of our esteemed ministers, I mean, it's not something they looked at, okay? And especially in Soviet Union, no one was even talking about it. So you can live a fruitful life, and you can know the Lord, and you can be a great, uh, devoted Christian without knowing a lot of things. So those things are controversial, right? A lot of people say, oh, this is how, it's, how it is. No, that's not how it is. It's in a different way. And like I told you, every single time I, I'm coming to, to talk to you, we have inc incomplete knowledge. We have partial knowledge. We are doing our best in what we think is happening. But as we heard today, God is in everything. God is in all. God is everywhere. And we are not able to perceive his mind. So we're doing our best. And um, it's, it's good. Uh, uh, last time I had some passionate discussions with some of the brother, brothers. I think it's good. I think it's good because it comes from the fact that they love the Lord. You guys love the Lord. It's obvious. And you want to go deep in the, in the word. But what I want to say, um, just remember that. So some of those things, you don't have to get hung up on those things and really uh, even get some even anger in your heart or disbelief if you are if you have if you have different beliefs on these topic that is okay like I told you a lot of Christians they have lived fruitful life and they have died and never heard of it and that's okay because the things that are happening they're happening whether we know about those things or not and brother Vitaly already mentioned it today it is very simple We've, we were predestined for salvation. You have heard good news. You realized I am a sinner. And you realize that the wages for sin is death. And you realize that Jesus Christ, Son of God, has paid for that already. 
and you are accepting him as your personal savior through his blood of redemption you are accepting him you are saved you're believing you are saved praise the lord you know like uh, some people they say oh it's just uh, enough if you say god or jesus you know that my kids uh, say that i'm sorry that i'm referring to them so often but uh, this is my uh, my second life you know like the children and they're sometimes they're cute and sometimes they're not as cute and sometimes they're annoying but i still love them you know but they may may exclaim like oh jesus oh my god well they're calling upon the lord does that mean that god is saving them or god is at attending to that that's not enough it's children adults do that all the time you are texting and you're saying omg right so you, you don't even care to say all of those words i mean that's another topic omg is another topic to me i mean it's a very serious thing uh so um so is that enough to just say god save me confess or say the words even if you mean it or don't mean it no apostle paul says in romans 10 it has to be on your mouth and also it has to be in your heart and did you know that lots of christians that cannot even confess it they cannot say god save me you know there's lots of christians who are they're deaf and mute they cannot talk they cannot hear and they love the lord they cannot say it they cannot confess it out loud and yet they do it in their heart so whatever happens in your heart is more important than whatever happens in your mouth but both things have to happen if you are able to do it well anyway so you have to be born again just as and some of you were asking me well how is it happening this and that and depravity and everything and you know it's very simple you you are not dead physically right it's obvious your spirit is dead and that's what towards the Lord and that's what Jesus said to Nicodemus he said oh you have to be born again and Nicodemus didn't understand it well if you are born again and you accept the Lord and you are justified and you entered the process entered the process of sanctification you are being victorious over your own sin day after day until you die that's the life of a Christian you will make mistakes you will stumble because you live in a body that is prone to sin and yet you have to be in the process of sanctification and when John is talking in Revelation he says and the, those who are victorious he writes to angels of the churches right those who are victorious I will write their name on the white stone or I will whatever there's lots of promises to those who are victorious victorious over what your own self you're able to conquer your sin and lead holy life and with this I will continue like I said we don't have to go all over those five five points of Calvinism Calvinism or Arminianism and talk about common grace or not common grace those are all terms that people came up a long time ago at least 500 years 600 years ago uh, and a lot of those things were mentioned even by apostles 
and but the most important thing you have to remember and I'm going to reiterate and, and, and say it over and over and over again Jesus died for all amen and with that actually I'd like to continue I wouldn't want, even want to talk about all of those five points anymore so uh, you don't have any thoughts that will confuse you you might if you have like more questions on those, on those points can I resist God's grace total depravity uh, conditional unconditional you can talk to your leaders Paul is very good at it Vitaly as well so um, Vitaly is uh, really great about it and Paul as well so but one point that I would like to actually mention is like a lot of people uh, they ask questions uh, what can I lose my salvation maybe that one I will cover a little bit um, and you know one of those like yes and no questions answers yes, yes and no so um, but there's lots of verses in the Bible if we want to reconcile the word reconcile is very good it's a very good word because when you say a statement and you use one verse from the Bible you want to make sure that it is reconciled with other scriptures other parts of the scriptures so it's it's not just taken out of proportions so um, when we read very closely there's lots of verses that actually are indicating that you may lose your salvation if you don't lead holy life and the Bible is full of it and also the New Testament Apostle Paul is writing to every single every single in, in his every single epistle he's writing about it and even God says those are God God direct words I will spit you out and I will erase your name from the book of life so that means something so we may lose our salvation if we are not careful and you think of the about uh, the parable protalante that preached the protalante think about that so we have to be fruitful not just idle worshipers worshipers we have to worship the Lord and bring forth fruit every day um, so a couple of dangers that I want to talk about really quickly going back to the last couple of verses we covered last time so God is not restricted by time just remember that God can see what we will choose and nothing was a surprise for God whatever is happening in the world it's not a surprise the fact the devil rebelled against God God knew it would happen well devil thought it would be a surprise for God but no when Jesus Christ was in the in desert and he was tempted by the devil I mean he was the founder of the earth he knew it would happen even though he had to deal with it because he was incarnated in the body of human being as well now a couple of dangers some people say oh why would I leave holy life and why would I preach a gospel if God knew who will be chosen for salvation and how do I know that that person is chosen or not that's not our business remember we talked about it last time you preach to everyone and you tell everyone that God so loved the world that he sacrificed sacrificed his only begotten son so whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life now 
very important. Do not mess with uh, sin. Some people say, once you're saved, you're saved forever. Now, we cannot reconcile that statement with all of the scriptures from the Bible. And it's very important. Those actually statements may lead people to say, oh, it doesn't matter how I live. I can do all of these things and I'm still saved. I, nothing, no one can take a salvation from me. Uh, well, yes and no. So you have to be very, very careful there. The most important thing is, is to draw a fine line and not to hold extreme views on these five points we talked about it already many times. Let's go on. So Romans 9 uh, from 19 and 20, 19th verse to 21st. I'm not sure if brothers will, will have it on. I, I think they were doing something with it. Um, I'm not planning to show my PowerPoint. It looks very beautiful and it designed very beautifully, but uh, it's just for me. Um, one of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? And this is New International Version, okay? So, I mean, it's not the best version, but it's uh, easier to understand. Uh, shall... Uh, what is formed say to one who formed it why did you make me like this does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use so here we are looking at statements of this the sovereign right of God to choose relieve men of responsibility so that's the the title of those three verses now if you read Romans 9 and you don't pay very close attention you may come to a conclusion that only God uh, is in charge of salvation and we're like these lifeless, lifeless beings who are just uh, uh, following uh, and without even any consideration if you read chapter 10 of Romans you see that Paul actually talks about the responsibility of us in accepting salvation. So there are these two lines that run parallel each other. You know, like those railroad uh, tracks, they run parallel to each other. And you look at them, you see two. If you look in the distance, you only see one. So God's, God's sovereign will and our responsibility as human beings, they have to... To be on the same uh, on on the same parallel, they have to be united. It cannot. We are free, created human beings with free will, and we make our own choices, for which we have consequences. Now, the fact that God has chosen you, the fact that God has predestined you for salvation, the fact that God knew that you will. Uh, Listen to the word of God one day and you will accept him as your own savior. Does not relieve you from uh, responsibility before God. I don't think this mic is working really well, is it? Is it? Okay. All right, for some reason I thought, I guess it's, it's my age. Um, so uh, just remember one thing. God is uh, sovereign. 
independent and chooses as he wishes. And I'm going to say it many, many, many times. And there are people in the world who question that. They say, well, if God is this and this, why does all of these things happen? And Paul imagines that someone will probably be asking these questions. And the reason he's writing this to Romans is because, remember, the ch church in Rome was full of Jews and Gentiles. And there were people who were questioning God. Well, why is that? Why does he choose another? Or why does he reject someone else? It is clear that some people for some reason are chosen for certain things and some people are just left in their sins and I gave you some homework and of course you're just like my students like today Mondays it's a good time for me to be here because also on Mondays I collect homework from my students and I'm like we're doing morning work this and that and I'm and I'm just thinking to myself, will anyone, will anyone come up with the statement, teacher, I brought my homework. Well, a lot of them brought it. But they just, uh, the first graders, they forgot about it. Uh, that's not something that is very important to them. Uh, no one did. So I, I gave you some homework, didn't I? I mean, even though this word reprobate, I mean, a lot of people refer to this word as Calvinist idea whatever I'm actually kind of a uh, tired of, <laughs> of, of these uh, statements uh, and attaching certain meanings and definitions uh, to certain people uh, it may be so but reprobates and actually Paul writes in Corinthians and that word is actually used he's he's actually telling them are you behaving like this I'm saying it in my my own words are you reprobates and then he says, you know that we are not reprobates. Uh, so uh, the reprobate is a word. Who would like to actually share that? Would you like to? Huh? Rejected? Yeah. Anybody? Who is a? Yeah. Well, it's part of it, part of it, part of it. A sinner who is not elected by God and is predestined for help or condemned. Okay. Um, remember, yes, yes. Yes and yes. Uh, our sisters, I was talking to Brother Lubomir today uh, in the back, like, because every time I come in and you guys, you worship the Lord and you have very, uh, your sisters, Vashi Sastre, they're, they're really good preachers, okay? They, they love the Lord and you can listen to them all night. I mean, uh, you know, where sometimes we feel like Moses, like I cannot ever understand these words when uh, Moses says to the, to the Lord, well, Lord, I have uncircumcised lips. I'm like, okay, well, how do you circumcise your lips? But, in other words, you know, you cannot. So they have so many words to say. You know, like, they, they are so, so, so much more eloquent. 
and and brother Lubomir, uh, he remarked that, well, we want to make sure that our brothers catch up, catch up, especially, amen? All right, God bless you. Thank you, sisters. Thank you, brothers. I don't want to segregate. You know, I'm just coming from the point of educator because by all of the research, uh, by all of the re research, girls are usually a year and a half uh, advanced, especially reading, writing, and speaking, especially in primary grades. And then boys catch up later and they overpower with spatial relationships and science and mathematics and all that kind of stuff. But that's a different, uh, so we're all balanced. Uh, somewhere in the future, we're balanced. Uh, uh, thank you, sisters, and thank you, brothers, one more time. So, uh, to uh, reconcile those statements, who, what everybody said about reprobates, we must say that there will not be anyone in hell who does not deserve to be there, who didn't choose to be there. God knew their choice. It wasn't like God was just looking, oh, that's that guy in China, oh, he'll probably be pretty good just being in hell and that guy who will be born 2,000 years later in Ukraine uh, I think I like him he's going to be in hell I don't I, you know because some people look at this exactly this way uh, because we, we will not be able to reconcile this with every other scripture because God so loved so loved our world everyone we cannot if we just look at it this way, we can, be, we can get very easily confused and ask so many questions that we will not have answers. Now we have to go back to Isaiah 40. Remember how um, Isaiah describes God, that he sits above the circle of the earth. He knows the count of every particle of dust on earth. He can weigh any island. He can weigh any mountain. He knows the weight of all of those geographical uh, 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 landscapes in the world. He, he knows the name of each star. He is sovereign and dependent and mighty. And whatever decisions he make, we may not question him. Now going back to first graders, I told you many times, maybe a couple of times, as they make things of clay, and I do them, and we're going to make uh, pinch pots that are soon that will be shaped like hearts. When parents come for parent-teacher conferences, they could... Just give, it, give those things to them as a gift. And I've seen a first grader time after time make something and just totally destroy it and slap it on the, on the, on the table, uh, tear pieces apart, and, uh, and actually sometimes even just throw it out in the garbage because they've used it so many times that the heat of their hands have destroyed the clay and it's no good. So the question is that some of the vessels on this earth, some of the people, God refers to them as vessels of honor. And some of those vessels or human beings, people, they are the vessels of wrath. God knew about their choices and they have chosen this path. Now, uh, we have to understand whatever God, God chooses, we are responsible before Him and we cannot 
question him. I'm going to skip the slide and I would love to go to continue with Romans 9, 22, 24. Uh, what if God, although, uh, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath, prepared for destruction? For if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory or honor, even us, whom he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. We talked a little bit about this. So doesn't God have right to glorify himself as he sees fit? Now, uh, the Jews, especially in the church of Rome, they were inclined to think that they cannot be the vessels of wrath. They simply cannot be because they're the chosen people. All the promises is, is for them and through them. All the covenants, the patriarchs, everything was through them. And they thought, oh, it's just enough for me to be born as a Jew and follow the law. But Paul rejects this view and points out that God does what he wills. Now we talked about, uh, uh, right here I have some notes about rep reprobates and about election uh, for salvation and some uh, that are uh, rejected or maybe you could say it in a nicer way, in a more passive way that God is, has chosen some people for salvation not because of who they are but because of who he is and he passed over the rest leaving them and their wickedness which was their choice to be evil uh, and it remains mysterious to us we cannot completely answer those questions well why why this and why that and Paul is anticipating that someone would, would ask this question and he's saying who are we to question God and if we move on to um, the next verses 25 and 26 he's going back to the prophet Hosea because he understands that now as this letter is being read in Roman church he really got the attention of the Jews because a lot of things that they were saying Paul is totally contradicting and he says in uh, Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people. And here he's referring to Gentiles. And I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. And is in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people. They will be called children of the living God. Now if you look at the prophet, prophet Hosea, Prorok uh, Osea. How many of you read the book of Hosea? couple of you that's good it's a short book it's actually a very interesting book first when I read it I thought wow that is uh, that is something you know because uh, if you look uh, uh, closely and you pay attention even if you don't pay a lot of attention you understand 
that God is talking to his prophet, to his servant, and he is asking him something that I'm not sure if anybody in this, in this beautiful church sitting here tonight, if anyone would have agreed to that request. And what God has asked Hosea to uh, marry a woman who was, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable to say the, this word in the church, uh, who is a harlot, right? She is selling her body to men for money or things. And those times it was more things than anything else. Uh, the P word, I mean. So, and God has asked me, asked him, marry her. Uh, and he says, okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's very powerful if, as you think of it. God, he's not questioning. And this is what Paul is talking about here. A lot of you may question God about all of these things. But look at prophet Hosea. Look what God has asked him. He didn't even question anything. You want me to marry her? Well, she was probably beautiful. Uh, why not? And, but the deal here was that God wanted to uh, depict, describe his relationship with his people through the relationship of prophet Hosea to his unfaithful and his unfaithful wife because that's what was happening in the old testament they were like that unfaithful wife every time god would do something for them they will go and worship the idols the water the made of uh wood and stone and everything else and they would would do crazy things betraying the lord and that's what exactly was, what ha was happening in the family of prophet Hosea. He took her. He took care of her. He had children with her. And she would just leave. She would just leave. It was so good for her with Hosea. But she would just leave to be with other men who abused her. Who kicked her. Who beat her up. You read it. They were abusing her. And she would just leave Hosea. And God says... This is exactly what my people do. My people, my chosen people through which I have given covenants. Through which I have given the prophets and the law and Moses and everything. And they're leaving me for that filth. For the beatings. For idols. That was a good example. That was a good parallel story for the church of Romans. And then when they were having children, God would uh, say to Hosea, well, I want you to name this child this. Why? Because there's a meaning in every word. And that's what Jews in the Old Testament, they would even now, if they give the name, they, will, they wouldn't give the name on the first day. Well, like right now, like when we had kids, we had the names before they were born. You know, like usually Jews would look at them. Oh, oh, he looks like Isaiah. Oh, he, he moves like Hosea. Oh, look at him. You know, that's, uh, that could be Joshua. You know, look at him. He's so smart like Moses. You know, so they will, will watch the child for a little bit and give the name. Now, and Hosea was told by the Lord 
and it's in Hosea 2:23 and 1:10. Uh, name one child was Loami, meaning not my people, not my people. And yet God has promised that his judgment would not last forever. Now prophet Hosea was prophesying before, uh, before the Jerusalem was destroyed and before they were captive. But prophet Hosea has one promise that the remnant of Israel would be restored and once again they will be called sons of living God. Now if let's keep going a little faster if we look at the next couple of verses and Apostle Paul is referring now to the prophet Isaiah so that was Hosea now it's Isaiah he's saying Isaiah cries out concerning Israel through the number of the Israelites be like the sand by the sea only the remnant will be saved for the Lord will carry out his sentence on earth with speed and finality it is just as Isaiah said previously, unless the Lord Almighty had left us descendants, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Sodom and Gomorrah. So those are the two cities that were completely destroyed. There were no people left alive. There was no remnant but prophet Isaiah prophesies it and he says they my people they will not be like Sodom and Gomorrah they will be there will be the remnant of them will be saved now uh, maybe I will skip some of those things so we are actually finished tonight with chapter 9 uh, God has always dealt with a remnant. It was unwise to think that the whole nation had not entered the blessing, the promise of God, and they failed him. The promise had been made to the whole nation and had never been intended to, to apply to the whole nation, only the remnant. Now we are actually going to go a little faster and go to the last verses uh, so um, we have a couple more sections and the next one is present situation of Israel and the Gentiles according to a human perspective so that those are verses 30 and 31 32 and 33 uh, will anyone like to read those for me I forgot to ask you to read those for me Brate brothers because our sisters are so eloquent and so uh, Michael oh, Romans chapter 9 verse 30 what shall we say then that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness even the righteousness of faith but Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness why because they did not seek it by faith but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Thank you, Michael. So we have very eloquent brothers as well. Slava Bohu. Are you guys, uh, how many of you are coming to... Uh, 
as we're finishing up this chapter, like, are you able to connect the dots? Are you able to connect the dots with all of the things we talked about? Yes or no? Kind of? Good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Chapter 10 is, it's not controversial. It's very, uh, everybody embraces it and not a lot of arguments. It's a lot easier chapter. Chapter 9 is very difficult. In fact, I've listened to so many things. I've dug onto so many things um, and learned a lot of things myself. So I think brother your brothers for the opportunity because this has helped me with a lot of things as well uh but remember you're not supposed to connect the dots remember what we said at the beginning we have partial knowledge and incomplete knowledge you need to connect the dots in re regard to your salvation and that jesus died for everybody and your responsibility for the lord to preach to testify to others some of those more complicated things uh, may not be revealed to us completely. We just, we talked about it as we understand it, or at least I understand it in a lot of uh, people on this, in this world. Anyway, so he says, he talks about uh, Gentiles because the Jews were saying, well, I'm righteous. Remember that Pharisee that was in the temple? He was like, well, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that sinner. So that was exactly what Apostle Paul was preaching against. He was not, he was against your own righteousness. But the righteousness and the Lord obtained by faith in the living God, that's a different matter. And he says, so Gentiles did, did not pursue righteousness, but they have obtained it. They have it. And how do they have it? Righteousness by faith. And people of Israel who pursued righteousness, they would say, oh, I'm so righteous. I follow the law. I was circumcised. I do all of those things. And yet they have not attained it because they did not believe. Their part was just the mouth. They were confessing things with the mouth, but they never had anything in their heart. Their real living faith in the Lord. And Jesus called them, you are like those painted coffins. You look beautiful on outside, but inside you're full of rotten bones. It is written. And he says, this is why. Because once again, he's finishing up with this. You have not accepted the Messiah. They have. And that's why they have righteousness in the Lord. And you have not. Because Jesus Christ became like a stumbling block. You stumble over it and you fall. Instead, it has to be the foundation only of your life. And Jesus became a stumbling block for you because you did not want to believe in his saving grace. Now, uh, I'm going to try to wrap it up really fast. It's kind of hard to wrap it up uh, in a few words. But... Uh, why did the unlikely Gentiles find righteousness? That's a good question. And when the likely Jews did not, because it was all for Jews, like we talked about it, Jews are important people, even now, nowadays. 
it's very important people those this is these are the people who were chosen by God not because they were so good Abraham was exactly the same sinner like everybody else in his city but God has chosen him why well that's his business we cannot question it but he has chosen him and it's obvious it was obvious to these Jews in the church of Rome that oh we are chosen we are the sons of Abraham but because the Gentiles pursued the righteousness of faith the Jews pursued the law of righteousness they wanted to fulfill the law and say I do this 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 and that and that what that is why I'm saved and that is why I'm righteous now the Gentiles who were saved they came to God through faith receiving his righteousness and that's a big difference the righteousness of God and your own righteousness because you cannot rec reconcile your own righteousness with any uh, part of the scripture because the, the Bible says everyone has sin every single one we have inherited that original sin through Adam now the Jews who seem to be cast off from God try to justify themselves before God by performing works according to the law of righteousness now with this uh, we're gonna end chapter 9 and um, I had a couple more things but I think it will, will, it will just be more simpler to just end here and accept that um, Jesus became a st stumbling block for the Jews and yet for the Gentiles of those times he has become a foundation of their life foundation of their faith and they have accepted him and his righteousness those are two different things I hope you understand that it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to live a holy life and conquer our uh, bodily desires every single day that's the process of sanctification but we are righteous in him not through our own righteousness and with this i would like to say amen god bless you in the future